Welcome to Commons and Chronicles, the podcast where we talk about all the best creative commons and reusable open game license content. If you need resources for your creative writing, game design, or you just love lore, Commons and Chronicles is for you. Hi there, everybody. This is Klaatu, and you're listening to Chronicles and Commons. In this episode, as in the previous two episodes, I want to talk about non-combat experience points. Now, in the in the previous two episodes, I, I spoke specifically about the three-pillar experience point system developed by Wizards of the Coast as part of their Unearthed Arcana. As far as I know, it hasn't made its way into any official publication yet. It may they often draw from unearthed arcana publications to round out their their different source books like Volo's guide to to monsters and Mordenkainen's tome of foes and sword coast adventurers guide and so on but as far as i know the three pillar system hasn't made it in anywhere and it's a pretty drastic overhaul of of experience points in general in the in just the past episode, I was speaking about the primarily ultimate intrigue from the Paizo uh, publishers for the D&D 3.5, otherwise known as Pathfinder, game system. It's a nicely integrated system in which you award, or, or in which you enable, really, your your players to engage in, really, it was verbal con- uh, combat and and then you give them extra XP for for taking the time to explore. The Wizards of the Coast model was to reward your the three pillar XP model was to award the players for finding specific locations. The Pathfinder model was to award XP for spending the time to explore a uh, in this in this case a hex one hex of a hex grid, which I think was 12 miles across from point to point, so about 96 square miles. Now, whether they find something interesting or not is completely beside the point, which I I quite like. Anyway, in this episode, I want to talk about the system that I was using initially to enable my players to earn experience points through other means aside from combat. So I, I did this, I, I used this system, this very informal system, before I purchased the Ultimate Intrigue book and discovered that Paizo had a, a system built for verbal combat. And it was before I discovered, and certainly before I'd played Kingmaker, and it was before the three-pillar XP system had even been written. So this is just a, really a slapdash solution for responding to the the player prompt to award XP without combat being involved, which, as I've said in the previous episodes, is a little bit difficult. D&D really is built around encounters. It is assumed that encounters are the way players gain XP, and encounters in D&D is generally a contest to the death against some kind of terrible hell beast from beyond. 
and generally beyond reason, meaning that there's no expectation generally that you're going to be able to reason with the creature. I guess, in a sense, it's kind of a Lovecraftian horror in that way. There is no, there is no stopping to talk and reasoning with this, this level of evil. They are completely irrational and bent upon your destruction. So first, let's talk about exploration. I don't actually get players who explore all that much in my games because I don't tend to run long campaigns. Well, I've never run a long campaign. I've never had a a storyline that goes for th really even two months, much less one year or 12 years or something crazy like that. So I don't generally have a world that encourages people to go off and explore. I certainly could never be accused of running a sandbox game. That's just not the style of game that I ever grew up playing, and so it's not the kind of game that I run, and it's really not something that I'm generally interested in. I tend to be a pretty task-oriented person, and a game that, that encourages people to sort of create their own story is not that interesting to me, and luckily not to my players, as far as I can tell. So we generally play through stories that are pre-written, either by myself or by an author somewhere who has published a story for D&D, &D, and, and that's the game for us. And if it takes us one session or two or three or four, then that's, I guess, what you would call the campaign. And when, it's, when the very specific goal has been achieved, then, then it's over. That said, on occasion, players go off in a direction that no one ever anticipates. And in those events, I tend to try to plant a story seed somewhere, as I kind of explained in the previous episode in Exploration in Pathfinder. If, if there's a, a notion of a, of a region, and we can call it a hex, or we can call it just a, a, a region of the land, then there's gotta be some other important event happening in that area. So if they go left when I expected them to go right, I'll have them stumble upon something significant. The way that this works is I have them do, I have the players do a history, wisdom, or perception, intelligence check in 5e, or a knowledge check, a, a relevant knowledge check in Pathfinder, to determine whether they can identify anything significant about a location. Maybe there's a mine that has been overrun by a, some kind of dark force. As they're exploring off to the left, when I really wanted them to go right, have them do some kind of check to notice something in the area. Upon success, I tell them why the location is important, and who might be interested in learning about it. Now, of course, I don't tell them directly. I have an NPC tell them, or I have them notice something that clearly points back to some NPC that they've already met. Later in the game, if the players remember to locate that NPC, or the group of NPCs, to whom that location would be important, then I award them XP. I stole this vaguely from video games. If you've ever played a video game RPG, or, or one of those video games that kind of borrows lots of elements from an RPG, then you'll know that sometimes, if, if, you're, if you're not very focused in your playing, you sometimes stumble upon a quest prompt, or, or a, even sometimes 
the solution to a quest before the quest itself has been given to you at all, or, or at least marked as the active quest in your, in your journal. Now, what'll happen in that case, usually, the video game records your success, but it doesn't award you XP until you go to find the person associated with that quest, engage them in conversation, and then they, they, they suddenly thank you for something. I've I've had that happen several times in video games. I'll go to I'll go up to a, a townsperson and and start talking to them. And instead of the pre-scripted kind of repetition, you know, like gotta bring the cows home soon. It's getting late or you know whatever. Then they suddenly thank me for solving some horrible problem that they never told me about. Thank you so much for finding the lost wedding ring. And suddenly I, you get XP. And you just have no idea what's going on. I've certainly seen it in a couple of different games. And I think it's just a clunky way for the video game to imply that an adventurer has come back from from one experience with new knowledge or having found some some object that someone else had lost and word gets around town that they have discovered a, a wedding ring out by the, the mouth of the, the old mining cave and and so the person hunts the adventurer down and says hey i hear you found something i think it's mine here's some abstract award for having found that if you'll give it back to me that's always kind of the backstory that i create in my head as i play these video games and i think in D&D you can you can draw that out a little bit so if the players accidentally stumble upon some story seed that they could go back to later, or it doesn't even have to be a story seed, I guess, that's how I do it, but it could be just some element that is of interest to someone. And then when they get back to town to turn in the the actual objective of the game that you're playing, then you have an NPC approach them and ask them for the information that they've they've acquired elsewhere. Or you make them the players hunt down the NPC to whom the information would be important. Whichever way you feel is most appropriate. I guess if it was a story seed whereby you want them to go into the next adventure very smoothly and naturally, and that's kind of the, the direction you're pointing them into, then maybe you, maybe you would have the NPC hunt them down to ensure that they, they receive a larger quest. It's up to you. Point being... Every time a player goes into a place that you don't expect them to go, it's an opportunity to to to, to pillage your your collection of modules and and reference something from one of them. Use it as a story starter for the next campaign or for the next session. If the players are mindful of that and ask around and find the NPC to whom that that is important, then award them XP. So that's exploration such as it is. Social combat, let's call it. I have a particular group of friends who I play with who rank very high on social intrigue. They love the social interactions, but I don't have the resources really to provide them with all the mechanics available in Ultimate Intrigue. I feel for Ultimate Intrigue, they really need physical cards or a printout of all the different actions that they can take during a conversation 
we don't all have the Ultimate Intrigue book. The one that I do have is a PDF that I got in a humble bundle. It's a bit complex, so I don't, I haven't really used that with this particular group, which is interesting because, as I say, they love the social interaction. And the three pillar XP is good, but it does require adjustment of the entire XP model. And since they've been playing with a, this group of characters that they built for quite some time now, it would be a little bit weird for me, I feel, to suddenly reinvent the model. I mean, I could do it. I could redo the math and and say, okay, well, you're fifth level now, so you're 500 XP. From now on, every at every 100 XP, you'll, you'll increase a level. Just not ready to do that for this group. So they do love the social interaction. And what I do in these in these cases, and this is, again, what I kind of developed before the better ones came along, but I do feel like sometimes you just need to do this once or twice. And so grabbing onto a whole new system just because for one for one surprise moment your character stopped killing things and started talking to someone, this, this may be useful. So for an encounter a conversation, a social encounter, whatever. I think about what's at stake in the conversation. Why is the conversation being had, and why is it being considered a a, a kind of social combat? Well, if it's social combat for which you, you feel an award should be given, then it necessarily means that there was conflict. I mean... Sure, you could give XP for for someone just chatting with the local blacksmith if you wanted. But I feel like the usual model for that is that they then get benefits from that blacksmith later. Maybe they go back to that blacksmith and they need their their horse to be reshoed. I think that's a thing. Then the blacksmith will do it for a highly discounted price, or the blacksmith will do it for free. Whatever. It's it's less XP and more just kind of kickback. It's, it's part of the, the building of relationships in D&D. But if there's a clear a clear conflict, then then that that does count as a kind of combat or a kind of non combat. But it's a confrontation, right? So what I do is I, I figure out the different directions a confrontation should go, and it's actually usually a lot fewer than you would think. If it's a confrontation, the two obvious ways it can go is it can either break out into an actual fight, or the parties can come to some kind of mutual agreement. Those are the two paths. Now, one of them takes care of itself, the combat. If it, if it breaks out into a physical fight, then the XP shifts from non-combat to combat, and D&D, as I've said, has combat quite well taken care of. So the path that we have to look at is the, the path whereby a physical fight does not happen, and some kind of agreement or compromise is reached. So I look at the different sort of the spectrum of how the 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 
the two different parties could go. So maybe maybe the the non-player group, the NPCs in the in the confrontation, maybe they they do reach a compromise, right? So neither side is getting exactly what they want. Both are giving a little, both are getting a little. So that's to me square in the middle of the spectrum. That that would be the very very middle point of my spectrum. There's a compromise. In that case, I consider the award to be half the XP. And I'll get into what that that how I derive the XP, but let's just say there's there's some award of XP. And if there's a compromise where both sides have given a little, got a little, then I give them half of that XP allotment. Not bad. If the NPCs completely give in and the players totally get their way, then the players get full XP. And then finally, if the players have to give in and the NPCs completely get their way, then the, there's zero XP for the players makes sense right it's it's essentially it's it's a very basic combat outcome if you win you get xp if you lose you do not get xp and then i'm i'm inventing kind of a middle range where if you win a little and lose a little then you get half xp and i define that pretty broadly and in the moment that it's really difficult in this system to kind of map out exactly what was at stake and then assign partial xp based on exactly how much they gave up that's a, that's getting a little bit too detailed for me so i just have the three stations on this spectrum total loss compromise total win determining the amount of xp to award is easy i look at the cr the the creature rating the challenge rating, rather, sorry, thinking of Tunnel and Trolls, uh, the challenge rating of the NPCs that have been defeated, to whatever degree they have been defeated, I look at the challenge ratings of those NPCs, and I simply use the XP provided for those, for those kinds of characters. CR to XP relationship is mapped out in both the Pathfinder Core Rulebook and the Dungeon Master's Guide in 5th Edition. Uh, from the DMG, you'll find that on page 275, and for Pathfinder, you'll find it on 398. There's a, a table, table 12-2, Experience Points Awards, and it, it maps out, or, or rather, it it displays the the challenge rating, the total XP that you should earn for, according to that challenge rating, and then f- how many XP that that translates to per per character, the individual XP. It's a pretty useful table, actually. And that covers it. That's That was my ad hoc system until I found other systems. And frankly, it's still my ad hoc system in the event that something quick and dirty is necessary. Just something, something happens in the game unexpected. We didn't structure the entire campaign around this concept of, oh, we're, we're going to engage in non-combat. Uh, confrontations or encounters, or we're we're going to change the XP model to account for these three pillars of play, but but sometimes in a game that's otherwise very kind of standard, standard Pathfinder, standard D&D, you need to make an adjustment 
in the moment because something unexpected happened and they actually did try to reason with the dragon. Surprise, surprise, it actually worked. So now what? Well, there's some ideas for you. So hopefully this and the past two episodes have been useful or informative or maybe they've given you ideas for your own game. Thank you very much for listening and I'll talk to you next time. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Klaatu. You can reach me uh, via email at klaatu at member.fsf.org. You can also usually catch me in IRC as not Klaatu. I'm on the Freenode Network. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.